Hey guys, welcome to the Short Term Show special episode series on one of my favorite markets of all time, the Texas Hill Country, Hook'em Horns. So guys, we're gonna do a 10 episode deep dive on investing in the Texas Hill Country. And we got 10 episodes here, I just said that, but make sure you hit that subscribe button because we are gonna do a quarterly update that you don't wanna miss, you guessed it, every quarter. And we do have some supplementary materials for y'all in addition to the content on this podcast. We've got those over at our website, theshorttermshop.com. So if you wanna know anything about purchase prices of properties in these markets, or we've got all of the income data, thanks to our friends over at AirDNA. And we've got all of that for you again at theshorttermshop.com. If you guys wanna buy a short-term rental with a short-term shop agent in the Texas Hill Country, email us at agents at theshorttermshop.com and we will hook you up. Or if you just wanna hang out with us more and talk about short-term rentals, there's a few ways you can do that. Uh, We've got a great Facebook group, same title as my book. It's called Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. Or if you wanna talk to us live on Zoom, we have a call every Thursday. You can sign up for at strquestions.com and we will catch you guys over there Hook them longhorns. Hey guys, welcome back to another Hill Country, Texas Hill Country episode. Uh, this episode, we're going to talk about getting your short term rental in the Hill Country set up, things you might need to do, things you might need to order, and uh, get everything going. And we've got a, a wonderful cast of characters to help us do that. So, Luke, you're first on my screen if you would like to introduce yourself really quick. Yes. Hey, I'm Luke. I own uh, the two longest running Airbnbs in the Smoky Mountains, 5,000 reservations on my resume, full time real estate, financially free since. Uh, 2018. Life is wonderful. And thank you for having me. All right. Familiar face, Stephen Gilmer, if you want to reintroduce yourself. Yeah, sure. So I'm a a part-time real estate investor uh, in the Texas Hill Country, uh, primarily uh, partner owner, managing partner of the Container Retreat uh, at both Canyon Lake and High uh, along the 290 Wine Trail. And I've got... uh, a year's worth of short-term rental experience and then about uh, 10 years worth of uh, long-term rental experience. Awesome. Thank you for being here. And then Stacy, reintroduce yourself, even though you've been on every single episode. Sure. I am Stacy Lancaster. I am the Texas Hill Country agent for the short-term shop. Um, I self-managed three uh, short-term rentals remotely for about the past three years and long-term or longtime uh, investor in real estate for probably 20 years um, and now in short-term rentals. All right. So let's talk about getting these things up and running. So first, let's talk about the permitting process, because I know the Hill Country covers kind of a wide range of areas. Are there any particular permitting processes you need to go through to get up and running legally? So it depends on where you are. Um, So in some areas, there's no permitting process whatsoever. There's no approval. Um, And then in others, you do have to uh, either get approved or you should buy a property that already has a permit. So, So for example, in Fredericksburg, the permitting process is pretty long. Um, and so I typically recommend if somebody is looking in city limits that they're only looking at something that is already permitted, um, which thankfully there's a lot of those on the market. There's quite a bit of inventory um, that has permits um, in Canyon Lake. There's no approval process. Steve, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you still have to 
um, get per, or get something on file with the city. Uh, but I could be wrong on that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't believe there's any, uh, there's no short term rental permits required. Um, there are some additional taxes you have to be wary of, but uh, no permitting process. Yeah. So it really varies depending on the area that you're in. Um, most most of our areas don't necessarily have a um, permitting process, but there are a few that do. Awesome. So always just make sure, especially if you're buying in city limits, that you are checking the local governments on what you need to do before you're closed, before you yes. uh, close on that property to make sure that everything is the way that it needs to be. Yeah and, that, yeah, and that really is as simple as it sounds. You can usually just Google, you know, Fredericksburg short-term rental license permit, et cetera, and there will be a website of some sort, yeah. maybe very old school, but, uh, you know, give you some advice on on what to do there and, and uh, you know, point you in the right direction. Uh, easier, I mean, it sounds too, too good to be true, but it really is. Yeah, and there are some areas that do not, that make it very difficult to have short-term rentals within city limits. Um, such as New Braunfels, um, you really can't do short-term rentals within city limits unless it's commercially zoned, which is a pretty narrow um, scope of real estate. So you want to make sure their website's not super clear on that. And if you call the city, they will say, sure, you know, you can apply. And it's a 60-day process to, you know, get that permit approved. Um, so you want to be really careful uh, about that. New Braunfels, I only recommend outside city limits. All right. Awesome. And th since this is Luke's episode being on the Hill Country, he does not know that I have told everyone to email him and given out his email address on all the previous episodes, <laughs> telling them to email him and let me get one in the Hill Country. <laughs> I'm available. Hit me up. Uh <laughs> yeah. He just it's doesn't want to set up a new, a new market for us personally as at this point in our investing careers, but Stacy's going to find us something awesome in Riverfront to change his mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so permitting pretty straightforward, just like anywhere else. Uh, make sure even if you're not in the city limits that you're calling the local city or county, either building planning, zoning department, usually words like that to make sure that you're doing everything right. Because this is definitely something where asking forgiveness instead of asking permission is not the right way to go. Do it right the first time. Make sure your color lines. And also, guys, don't try to skirt the rules. I see people, um, not not really in our markets, but in other markets, trying to figure out cute ways to get around rules so they can operate not necessarily legally. And just don't do that. It's not worth your investment to get, be shut down. And then what are you going to do? So start you know, start in the right place and stay on the right course, but you guys would never do that stuff. So I'm going to stop preaching about it. So and the fees, point, just oh, to, to piggyback on that, the fees, if you do break the rules are substantial. <laughs> so they like thousands of dollars a day. Um, so again, our, our group would never do that, but there are plenty who try. Yeah. Um, okay. So enough on permitting next, let's talk about your people, the people that you need to get up and running. So typically you'll start with a cleaner and a handy person, handyman or woman, and um, at what point in the contract or closing process should we start interviewing those people to be most efficient and to not waste time? I generally recommend, you know, pretty quickly, you know, once you're a couple of weeks under contract, once you're out of your option period, 
and uh, you know, it looks like everything's going to move forward to start making those phone calls and trying to find somebody who's going to be a good fit for you. Cause you may have to talk to a few people before you find somebody that you, you know, really are comfortable with and click with. Yeah. I could go either way on that one. Cause uh, you know, sometimes you might call a cleaner and say, Hey, I don't close for a month or, you know, I'm just looking around for a property and they might be like, well, wait a minute. You, you, do you, do you need something clean or do you not? Cause uh, I just clean houses and you know, a lot of times they can't even figure out, you know, like a lot of people don't even realize what it takes to close a property, you know? So um, I could go either way. Sometimes I feel it's best to, to get it going early on. And, uh, and sometimes I think maybe just really in, in a lot of cases, if you get lucky, you know, three or four days notice in some cases might be better because uh, then you can just say, Hey, I need this house clean next week. Can you start, you know, that kind of thing. So um, I've done it both ways. Yeah. You know, for us, it, uh, or as early on in the process as possible, depending on where you are in the hill country, uh, we're a little bit more remote. So, uh, we, we started much earlier because we wanted to make sure that there was somebody in our area that could actually clean. And it took, and it's a good thing we did because it took, uh, several months and, uh, we had a cleaner that we thought was going to work out and then ended up couldn't do it because of this, and that, and the other. So you, you want to make sure you give yourself plenty of time so that when you are ready, that you've got somebody ready to go. And is it typical, Stephen, out there for cleaners to take the laundry offsite and do it, or do they usually hire a linen service? And then also, do they typically provide the consumables like paper products and things like that? Or are you Amazoning those to them? Uh, so we, so it depends. So the um, majority of the cleaners, the, the owners provide all of the consumables uh, and materials. As far as laundry, it really depends upon the location. So uh, we provide uh, plenty of laundry service at our location so they can do it there and we have all the backups that you need. Um, some will take them offsite and do them at commercial laundromats. Um, I think it just really depends. If you just have a one location, your most, if you have um, you know, backup systems and all of your linens where they can just change them out, they'll throw them in your washing machine and dryer while you're cleaning and, and do it all right there. Okay. Good deal. So um, most of the time you're providing all of the things that need to be restocked and they're just letting you know when it's time to do that. So and giving you enough time to order them and get them to them. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. So we have a, a system and they just let us know what, when they need what, and I just get on there, shoot it right over to them and they take it up there for us works out great. Okay. Awesome. And is there an like a strong infrastructure of the right type of cleaners in the hill country yet or are we having to hire uh either people who haven't been in the industry before or maybe housekeepers that have been cleaning primary homes and then tr uh training them how to turn a vacation rental? So I would say it again it depends on the area. So in Fredericksburg there's lots of cleaners who do short-term rentals and are experienced uh with that. In some of our more kind of emerging markets. Um, I think that's a little bit more of a challenge and you may have to find somebody who does, you know, just regular cleaning, residential cleaning and, you know, help them understand how to do a short-term rental. I don't know, Steve, what your experience was in your areas. Yeah. So Canyon Lake was a little bit, little bit easier to, to manage. Uh, there were, you know, since there's a, a higher volume of short-term rentals there, there was a better infrastructure of cleaners. Uh, out in high, there there's not a whole lot. I mean, there's there's some short-term rentals, but it's mainly rural. So there's really only one or two people that had the ability to be able to manage 
the cleaning crews. So, and, and they are hiring people that have never done short-term rental cleanings. So it's been a little bit of a learning process. It's a little bit more challenging once you get into the rural areas. Gotcha. Just like anywhere. Uh, okay. So let's get into the actual setup of the house. So let's talk about linens really fast. We'll do, we'll start with linens. So how many sets of linens do you order? How many towels do you have in each bathroom? Where are we ordering from? Um, give me all those details. Uh, for us, the, uh, uh, the sheets, the linens, the sheets, towels, I mean, the sheets, uh, pillowcases, et cetera, we got off of Amazon. Um, we have two sets for every bed Four, so we, again, we have two of everything, two sets of everything. So if a fully outfitted, uh, container for two, it's going to have, um, like I mentioned, two bath, two hands, two washcloths, one makeup. And then we have a complete second set of those for every container. Uh, so that as the cleaners come in, they can save themselves time. They're just taking everything out, putting in the new ones and then restocking, uh, and then putting, cleaning the new ones and then restocking. So there's always sets available for them to be able to save time, get in and get out. Um, yeah, I like that all, three or four sets personally. Um, just you can't have too many, can't have too many towels, you know? Yeah. Well, the good thing is with, you know, since we have 13 containers at one place and 12 units at the other, we don't always have them all full. So we've always got some emergency backups just in case. Um, but I like, I like that recommendation. We'll probably be adding some more sets just to make sure that we've got those redundant systems. Uh, and then one of the things we'll do also is if we have uh, somebody staying, normally we're just, you know, two, three nights. If we have somebody staying four or five nights, we'll throw in a few extra towels and some trash can uh, liners just to make sure they've got everything they need. Um, and then as far as, uh, as it, like I said, we've, we've, I've gotten everything off of Amazon. Um, done a lot of research in, through all the Facebook groups and everything like that. And uh, the, the basics is we're not a high end, uh, so we don't need to have the super high thread count. Uh, so we went with a nice, good, durable uh, towel that's fast dry, as well as uh, the sheets that are comfortable. Everybody's been happy with them. They're not super expensive, but they're not super cheap. So we kind of went with the middle, middle of the road based on what our clientele needs. Awesome. Um, so let's talk about, let's move to the kitchen. So what kind of coffee machine and coffee are in here? Yeah, so actually we, we were running two different plays. Uh, at Canyon Lake, we've got the individual Keurigs, uh, and we provide uh, a basic amount of uh, pods at our uh, 290 Wine Trail. We actually, we went with Drip Coffee Makers and we went with a local roaster and we have uh, branded um, ground coffee for uh, for our guests. So that seems to have been a big hit. Um, and so we may, in on future locations, go with that same route, just a way to show them, hey, this is something personalized for you as opposed to just some some K-cups. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like you kind of have to do both because you never know what somebody is coming expecting. I did it in Montana recently. I went and bought a bunch of K-cups on the way in from the from the airport and got there and it was only regular, but they did, they did have the ground, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But I also could not figure out how to use their coffee 
or like period, which is another thing you want to make sure that, that you have easy to use stuff. This coffee maker was beautiful. It looked like something out of the hippest coffee shop where it's going to be $20 a coffee, which I'll, I'll pay $20 a coffee. I enjoy a good coffee, but I could not figure out how to use it. <laughs> it took me a good hour at five o'clock in the morning to try and figure out how to use it. So definitely make sure you get an easy to use if you're I like to get one of each or one of those dual things, but if you're having a drip maker, one button <laughs> on or off. <laughs> yeah, I hated that coffee maker that you're talking about. It was a pain in the rear end, and uh, uh, I, I do I do everything. I get every coffee gadget on the planet, uh, and and I mean I, I run out of countertop space to be honest, because <laughs> uh, you know if one person exactly what you just said brings Keurigs, and and if you don't have a Keurig, then it's like oh man, you know you're cutting the Keurig open and trying to put it in a filter. <laughs> Um, so I, I have all the, all the above. I, I also do, um, uh, espresso machine the Nespresso, like the pot, the pod, uh, espresso machines. And I tell people I don't provide coffee, uh, but I actually do. Uh, so I, I overpromise under deliver, other, uh, overpromise, uh, <laughs> other way, way around. Uh, yeah. So in other words, they show up and I do have some coffee there because I feel like if I tell them that there's going to be coffee, then they're going to be like, well, what kind is it? And what blah, 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 blah. So I just, I don't have time for all that. So I just tell them no coffee, but when they show up, um, there's no way for them to, to be disappointed because there's more than what they were expecting. So that's kind of, um, my, my coffee system in a nutshell that for, for a non-coffee drinker. <laughs> In my um, properties, what I do, because I do have a drip um, coffee maker in all of our properties. So when they um, schedule a reservation, I send a reservation confirmation, you know, email or, you know, message to them through the app, the Verbo or Airbnb app. And I include like answers to frequently asked questions. So what kind of coffee maker is it? So I tell them up front, um, you know, what to expect, you know, as well as we provide a starter kit of, you know, toiletries and things like that. So that way they know what to shop for. All right, cool. And are we providing creamer and like sugar or sweetener? And then also I'll segue into what spices, et cetera, are we leaving in the kitchens around here? Like what's expected? Yeah. So for us, we just have a small um, a condiment little metal holder for it. And we'll just have a few packets of creamer, a few packets of sugar, a few packets of artificial sweetener, um, just enough to get them through the weekend. If they're going to be staying longer then you know, they can go out and get their own, but we want to give them something. If we're going to give them coffee, we figured we should probably give them something to, uh, um, make it fit exactly what they're looking for. Yeah. It's tough because again, you know, if you promise them stuff it, it, and then at the same time, it's like, well, somebody spilled all over this, this, uh, these kind you know, whatever these, uh, condiments or, uh, coffee fix fixer uppers. Um, I, I do, I, I do ship a, and uh, a new, uh, you know, like a little set. Uh, it's like a, I don't know what it is, ceramic thing with like separate um, spaces in it for sugar and 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 uh, uh, non dairy creamer, you know, that kind of thing. And it just, I just bought it on Amazon, like coffee. You know, just search for coffee fixins or whatever on Amazon, and I have it. I have it on a spreadsheet somewhere, so I just, I just know where to click it and reorder it when you need to. Same thing with salt and pepper, uh, spices, etc. You know, I find in most most cases. Uh, people end up leaving so much stuff behind that uh, that you end up having to purge some of it at some point, you know, because the, the next thing you know, you got like 40 half used things of hot sauce or whatever. And, and, and it's good to have a couple of those things around, but they get kind of gross if you if you don't keep an eye on it. Um, so, I mean, just have your cleaner send a picture is, is not a bad idea of the of the 
wherever the spices have been collecting. Uh, there's the same spot in every house. You know what I mean? Like, or each house has its spot. Like one house, the damn spices always end up in this spot. And then this house, they're over here in this, this pantry cabinet or whatever. Um, and, uh, and just, you know, if you can't go to the property, which is not always possible, just have your cleaner shoot a picture every couple of months or, uh, and then just say, Hey, you know, go through this stuff. And, um, if it looks gross, get rid of it. And then like ketchup and mustard, I'm, I'm out on that, dude. It's, it's touching other people's mouths and things and, uh, it's touching mouths. their food and it's just disgusting. So, I mean, I'll leave a hot sauce, uh, maybe not some big giant nasty hot sauce or whatever, but you know, like one of them little, not a big old jug of Valentino. Yeah. Like it used to be in my apartment when we first met, you mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think I had two of them actually. I haven't had Valentina in a long time. And where's that from? Is that from Texas? Uh, is it is it Mexican? Let me look it up. It's gonna be one of the two. Uh, I mean, I guess I've never heard of it. I don't think it's from Texas. It maybe it's from Arizona or something. It's probably Mexican. Uh, Looking it up right now. It's good. It is good. It's super thick. Uh, Anyway, hot sauce junkies. I'm I'm more of a tapatio gal myself. Too hot for me. That you what? It's too hot for me. I, I, Louisiana and Crystal. Crystal's definitely top of the list for me and Cholula. Of course, Cholula uh, is the official hot sauce of the New York Mets, of which I am a fan. The only, the only hot sauce with a distinctive wooden cap. Wooden, yeah. Uh, okay, Valentina is from Mexico, distributed in Laredo, Texas. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's, uh, it's just super cheap. You know, you can get it at the grocery store in it's most really cases. Good, yeah. But anyway. Right. anyway uh, we have an entire, we? like, two shelves of hot sauce at our house so. yeah yeah every time I, I, the, the one i want is gone you know what i mean Always. it's like damn it <laughs> so anyway ketchup mustard stuff like that I'm, I'm pretty much out on that but uh and then i get a lot of folks that are like dude uh you know house was awesome but i really wish you had ziplocs and I'm like uh i don't know man it's just it's, it's almost impossible to keep that system you know to systematize that because the bags are like half empty all the time and um, I mean, I'm not opposed to that because it's not something like it's not a sanitary issue, like a bottle of ketchup, but um, could go either way on, on on little stuff like to me. It's like, dude, if you really needed a freaking Ziploc, you should pro- probably should have snuck it, you know, brought your own in your suitcase there. You know what I mean? It's not something I would think about when I'm going on vacation. Yeah, you know, we're usually eating out and stuff vacation and don't really need a Ziploc. I can see why you would want one. There's usually always a need. But anyway, okay. so, well, are we providing things like aluminum foil Ziplocs? Or anything like that. Well, uh, and by by are we providing? I mean, is it expected by the guests in that area or not so much? So I'm not providing any of that. When I go, I will usually stock up on those things, but I don't I don't advertise that. You know, that's part of the um, that 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 they should expect that. Um, and if they ask me, I'll tell them um, no, we don't provide that stuff. So that way, if they arrive and there's not any there, they're not mad at me. <laughs> yeah. What do you say, Stephen? Yeah, same. Um, you know, our um, I would say if we were more, if we had houses with more people, I might be inclined to provide maybe some foil. But, you know, since when I go on vacation, I don't want to take things home with me and I don't want to take stuff out. So if I do, I would bring that my own. Uh, so I, I don't see a need to provide it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, dude, if somebody leaves it, okay, I'll leave it in the in the drawer. But otherwise, I'm not gonna go out of my way. I mean, how? And you're you're gonna get it one in every crowd. But it's like, dude, how high maintenance are you gonna be on this damn vacation? Why don't you go 
up to the hills. You know what I mean? Go get go to the, the, the German restaurant. Okay, we got all this awesome food around here, and you're sitting here complaining about aluminum foil. You know, some people, you just can't make them happy. Yeah. Auslander, that's already been mentioned on a previous episode. <laughs> that place is so good in Fredericksburg. Um, you guys yeah, are in Fredericksburg. You got to go to Auslander. <laughs> it's delicious. Yeah. Um. All right. So kind of enough about the kitchen. Uh, let's talk about bathrooms. Are we doing shampoos and conditioners like the little mini kind? Are we doing anything like that or just saying, you know, BYO? So my cleaners provide a starter pack. So just the minis, um, for each bathroom. So that way they, they, I call it a starter kit, you know, in my message, my initial message to them. So they know that we're not, you know, if they're there for seven days, that's not enough to get them through. It's just, you know, to get them through for a day or two before they can go to the store and grab more. I saw yeah, some we do cool both. ones on Amazon recently that were, I was looking for travel stuff for us for our motorhome trip coming up and they are actually made in bulk for short-term rental owners. And they're in these little bags and they're like kind of nice and spa looking. Yeah. They were really cheap. I actually sent that link. It was a, you should post that somewhere because it was a, it was a ton of different like combo packs and they were really cool. Like some of them look like little Mason jars and they were like 60 cents, you know, for each one or whatever. Uh, and you buy them in bulk, like 200 units. Um, I actually sent that link you sent me to all my cleaners and they were, they were like, wow, this is super cool. Glad you sent this uh, to me. Um, uh, I don't, I don't personally handle that. Uh, if it's the same thing with Stacy, you know, uh, we'll pro provide a start. I don't, I really try to not to even get into specifics when it comes to like shampoos and things, because again, if they show up in like the cleaner, you know, I mean, here's a perfect example. Avery and I went to one of ours recently, uh, and it, it had no soaps in, in, in the, sh in the bathrooms. Like there's no shampoo, no soap, nothing. And, uh, I don't think my cleaner even knew we were coming. And so I was, I was the last time I was there, she had them. And I was like, so are you not doing soaps anymore? Cause if you're not, I need to tell my guests that cause this particular house is in the middle of freaking nowhere. It would take you a while to find some shampoo at this house, you know? <laughs> um, and, and she goes, no, I, I'm doing it. I'm still doing it for sure. I just, my order got delayed and it didn't come in. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's a never ending thing there where I, I do my best to again, under promise. Um, I actually don't even give like an exact, um, you know, here's what you're going to get because of exactly what just happened to me last week at my own house, you know, like, uh, you're going to have this, 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 and this, and then sh it's all about expectations. If they show up and that stuff's not there, they're going to be mad, you know? So it's, it's a fine line. You got to, that, that I, I try to walk that fine line, uh, make everybody happy, you know? Yeah. We use, uh, dispensers. We use dispensers on the wall and, uh, we have the gallon jugs of shampoo, conditioner, and body wash. Uh, it's really very cheap. They're not going to, they, we found there's not much waste, um, because it's, we're always continually refilling them. Guests are happy. Cleaners take a photo of it when they, after they uh, clean to make sure that the levels are where they need to be. So every guest has it. It's really super easy. And then we also have refillable, uh, hand soap, uh, at the, at the wash sink as well. And we just, we, I bought the little containers and then just refills. So they just keep refilling them every time. Yep. Gotta have that. Um, okay. So let's talk about some of the bigger picture stuff. So if you're buying a house in the country that needs to be completely furnished, are there places you can go locally? And there's, I wouldn't say locally, cause there's so many different areas in the hill country, but are, are these typically things we're going to have to order or are there semi-local furniture stores that you buy most of your stuff from to get it out there? So I, you're going to have to order a lot of stuff. Um, San Antonio and Austin are both pretty close to most of your hill country locations. 
So if you need to go to a furniture store or something, that's an option. Um, but I think ordering is probably going to be the best route to go in most, especially for smaller things. Um, I don't know, Steve, I don't know how you handled it. Yeah, we, we ordered almost everything. Um, you know, we, Fredericksburg has trade days, so we would go to trade days just to pick up some unique items that were really local to the area. Like our, our, uh, doors on our bathroom, our, our barn doors that are all reclaimed doors, um, just little touches to, uh, make it really part of the hill country, but all the other stuff, it was, it was almost always Amazon, if not a few other locations here and there. Yeah, and you can get Amazon's a, a a slippery slope when it comes to like furniture and things, but there there is wood, you know, uh, the like Zionist for instance is a very popular uh, a furniture brand on Amazon. I think they own it. I, I'm not sure, but um, anyway, they have wood versions of of all this stuff too like well for like bed frames you know what i mean and the the, the wooden ones are going to last a little longer and they're also a little bit, bit uh, less bed bug friendly than the than the fabric ones um i, I purchased uh, many amazon uh, bed frames over the years and the the fabric ones have all come and gone and and some of my wood ones are still hanging around uh, and they're they're very inexpensive for what you're getting they're pretty good price every now and then you got to kind of reinforce the slats especially if you're getting rid of the uh um Box spring, which I like to do. I don't like a box spring to me. That's just one more thing to deal with. Uh, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll either cut it, you know, take out some of the slats and put like a few uh, real deal two by fours in there to make it stronger, um, or or put what's called a bunky board, which you can get that on Amazon as well. As a matter of fact, Zionist makes a metal bunky board, which is nice because it, again, metal means less chance of bed bugs sticking to things. Um, and, and a bunky board basically just kind of reinforces. It's made for bunk beds, but it, you, I put them on my, my regular big beds because then you can just put the mattress and get rid of the box spring. And all this stuff is something to consider because, uh, uh, you know, I mean, really the number one reason people are coming to these properties is to get it on. So you got to have a pretty strong bed there to make sure you can facilitate that. <laughs> yeah, totally. So uh, my guess is since anything local, Outside of a few things, you're probably going to be dealing with a furniture store in San Antonio or a furniture store in Austin, and they're probably not super familiar with the whole door code culture. So they're going to want you to be there. They're not going to be okay with like, you know, like in the panhandle here, you could say, oh yeah, here's the code, put it in and set it up and they'll do it. But I would imagine those big cities like that, they're probably not going to be comfortable doing that. They're doing right. that. Yeah. Right. So moral of the story is you're going to, if you're buying something in the hill country that isn't coming furnished, you should plan to be there and, and furnish it because it's probably not going to be delivered and set up for you or have, you know, somebody there to receive and oversee what's going on. And there are, in, in some of our markets, we do have people who will do that for you. Um, so if you can't come in, that's definitely an option. You know, if you're willing to pay somebody to kind of receive those things and make sure it gets set up the way you want to. Okay, cool. Well, what else, what else have we not talked about in terms of setup that you think the listeners could benefit from hearing Luke? Why are you giggling? Uh, Cause uh, uh, Chase said something on the side there about doing a hot sauce uh, episode. I oh. think that's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> um, yeah. Anything that you think the listeners could benefit from hearing Steven or Stacy? I mean, Steven, you've got a bunch of units, so I'm interested to see, uh, you know, if there's anything maybe specific to the market, like the cowboy tub, not tubs, cowboy pools and things like that. Do we have any of those? We have to maintain those. What do you even do to maintain a cowboy pool? Does anybody know? Drain yeah, it I don't want to, I don't want to know. That's all I got to say. Um, <laughs> I don't want to have to deal with that. Uh, 
we have some hot tubs at uh, Canyon Lake, just some two-person hot tubs in some of the units. Um, we've, that's been something that we felt is really necessary being on the lake. Um, fire pits, obviously, are, are very necessary. So you got to have your chairs, your pits. Your, I mean, those are super important. Oh, well, we do, let's we do, talk about that. Do you provide firewood and how do you keep that stocked? Uh, we do not provide firewood. Okay. So we provide the area for it um, at Canyon Lake. We do not have fire pits uh, at 290. Uh, we have gigantic oak trees and all of the containers around the oak trees. And we don't want to put those in danger. So we don't provide fire pits uh, or any availability for fire uh, out there. And so far, we've only had a few folks that have asked about it. It's not been that big of a deal. Um, as far as pools, I think pools... They're a nice to have, but I don't think that they're a requirement until you get into a larger property. Now, if you get into a larger property where you're now going to be handling multiple families, then I think it's an absolute must um, because that's going to be where they are. But if you're if you're in a smaller property where it's more of a, I'm just going to be there to sleep and spend a few hours in the morning and the evening, and I'm going to be out most of the time, then why would you waste your money on that? That just doesn't seem to be um, beneficial. Uh, and I don't, I don't know that it's going to drive additional bookings that you would want to offset that. Now, we've certainly looked at putting in a container pool, um, you know, be it the theme. It would it'd be aligned with the theme. But, man, they're, uh, they're expensive. And uh, I just don't see the ROI at this point. So, um, you know, one of the things that you did, you asked is, what do, what, do, what do people need to know? I think it's super important to, you've got to create a list. So, one of the things that we... When we first started, we were piecemealing things, right? We were, oh, hey, this will look good. This will look good. And we accumulated all these things. And then we went to set up and we're like, oh, wait, we're missing this, 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 and this, and this. And so I think what once I sat down and said, okay, let me go through what somebody's going to need if they're going to stay with us and started making a list. And then, you know, I did a lot of research looking at, because there's a lot of people that will provide the same lists, right, uh, on different um different forums, et cetera, and look at, okay, what would you have in your particular uh, Airbnb or short-term rental, et cetera, and customize that to what we were needing. And then once we get all that in there, then I went and stayed there and said, okay, I stayed there for the night. Did I have everything I need? And if I didn't, then I'd add it on. And we still, we continually are adding things, you know, and in our situation with the tiny homes and the containers, you know, we're, we're pressed for space. So we're walking that fine line between, do I have enough amenities or do I have too much stuff in there because now it's just becoming crowded. Um, and so we slowly but surely have been saying, okay, how can we maximize the space, still have some additional things. Uh, and then we, you know, just keep that list. So you, I think it's a, you have to be open to learn and to take the feedback from your guests because you might think you have everything you need, but then your guests are staying there saying, hey, this would be nice or this would be nice. Um, Luke, do you want to retell your joke that I stepped on? No, I would rather have you listen to uh, the, watch this later and then be like, oh, my God, I didn't even notice that joke. But uh, oh. <laughs> that's a part of it after however many, uh, many wonderful, blissful years of marriage and hot sauce. <laughs> marriage and hot sauce. Um, They're all really right. kind of the same thing, aren't they? <laughs> um. All right. Anything else in regards to setup that we're going to go over management in a different episode, but uh, any regards, I mean, anything in regards to getting the actual house set up and ready to go that we've missed or that you feel like the listeners would benefit from hearing? I would just say on larger properties, you want to make sure you've got like a full set of 
um, pots and pans, cookware, things like that. You'd be surprised how many people will actually, you know, cook meals um, at the property. So that was feedback we got pretty early on that we didn't have enough um, pots and pans and even like cookie sheets and stuff like who's baking on vacation, but lots of people do apparently. So um, we have now stocked all of our properties with, you know, more cookware than you could possibly need um, just to make sure guests have what they are looking for. I agree. I was like, who's cook? Who's making a cake? But they do, man. And and that's why they rented a house instead of a hotel. What's the biggest difference between a hotel and a, and a short-term rental is a damn kitchen, right? So um, you're right there. And, and that stuff walks away. You know, you think your house is rocking and rolling and you got all this awesome stuff. Uh, well, it's really two things. Sometimes I'll show up and I'll be like, wait a minute, what happened to all that stuff I ordered? And I'll even go back through and look. And I'm like, wait, nah, I guess I didn't order as much stuff as I thought I did. You know, it's, I need to get some more stuff over to this house. Um, and, and sometimes it does walk away or it gets, you know, cookie sheets get nasty. If you're not putting tinfoil on them, they're going to get nasty pretty quick. So, um, you know, it's always good to keep an inventory of them. And, and, and that's another thing. It's why, that's why, you know, I always say it's, you probably aren't going to want 500 of these things because the, the more time you're spending in them and, and enjoying them with your family, you know, which is really why we're here. Um, the better you're going to be running your business in, in, in a lot of ways. I mean, it depends on, you know, if you're, if you're doing just straight up property management, that's a whole other conversation. But, um, you know, uh, my, my opinion is get to the house as often as possible. Uh, cause it's fun for one thing. And, uh, and you can check on that kind of stuff. I agree. And guys, if you would like to contribute to my get Avery, a Hill country property, you can email Luke no. At, or sorry, campaign. <laughs> you can email Luke, uh, Luke at the short term shop. My, my email address is Avery at the short term shop.com. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all, he doesn't, he's, he manages all of our properties and he just doesn't want to do a new market, but well, hey, it'd be really fun. Yeah, I'm happy. I'll help I'm happy you, where I'm at. Yeah. Well, Hey, there's a new direct flight one hour from Panama city to Austin. We could be out there at our hill country property in two hours. Anyway. <laughs> beautiful <laughs> okay well uh thank you guys if you want to buy a house with stacy in the hill country you can email us at agents at the shop.com or if you just have more questions on short-term rental investing in general or the hill country uh you can join us in several places our facebook group called short-term rental long-term wealth same as my book or every thursday we have an open zoom q a you can sign up for that at strquestions.com and thank you guys so much for coming.